0: On this episode of Bantha Milk Podcast, Ryan's back and we talk all about another episode of Andor. This is kind of like an in-between episode, according to the showrunner. Let's see what happens. Ba-bum, 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 intro ba-bum, music. Got... What? <laughs> He's no good to me, dad. <laughs> <laughs> intro music. <laughs> My <cousin>. <laughs> 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 Intro
1: music.
0: Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. There we go. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. RGH is is back. What? It's me. I'm back. He's back. He's wearing his Dodgers hat, even though, well, my boy Schwerzer uh, wanted to keep the Dodgers in the playoffs, so he hit a home run so far out of Padre Stadium that it landed in L.A., <laughs> That's uh, the jokes going around the Philadelphia area here are all about how hard that home run was. So, this is one of the few times that me, as a Phillies fan, get to be excited when a Dodgers fan can't be excited. So, uh, <laughs> it's a
1: rare occasion. Eat it up. Eat it I up. I will.
0: I will. Because, you know, you've only been in the World Series like a thousand times. So, the fact that you got knocked out early and were in it makes me very happy. Um, so yes, so Ryan's holding on to that. Uh, the my only problem is I'm also a, I'm one of those weird people that uh, everybody in Philadelphia hates. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Oh yeah. So this week was a big Eagles Cowboys game, and uh, the Eagles uh, won. They made us look silly. So everybody at, at school and work on Monday was all ribbing me about, uh, Cowboys. uh, And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'm like, go Phillies. So, uh, (laughs) so that was, that was my answer. That kind of shushed them a little bit, but it, you know, they and then they remembered real fast that I was a Cowboys fan and wanted to make fun of me some more. So there we go. Uh, hey, so that,
1: that's I think what always happens to Cowboys fans. I, yes. I feel like Cowboys fans are just always the butt of the joke.
0: Yep. Uh huh. Because you know we always go back to we won five Super Bowls and then the, <laughs> then even the middle school kids they know yeah but the last one was in the nineties so shut up and I'm like yeah but you've only won one so man whatever. So, and not, that's not why we're here, folks. We're not here to talk about what sports Rob likes or Ryan likes, or as some people call Ryan Robert, what he likes. We're here to talk about Star Wars. And uh, yeah. so we are back. Ryan is back again in full beard mode. I love it. Hockey is back. Ryan it is excited is. about that. I'm um, very excited. And Andor Episode 7, the announcement, or announcements, I should say, just happened. And it was a lot of announcements. It was fun. It was good. I liked it. What did you think of it as a whole there, RGH? Uh,
1: I thought it was really, really good. Um, I thought it definitely, as much as last week was heavy action yes uh this week moved us into the heavy political side
0: yeah we definitely saw um the how the political movement started of the uh rebellion which was pretty cool uh and while we think about that let's break into our bantha milk and talk about all of our social meds since now Right now we're live streaming live, pew, 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 on YouTube. So you can check us out on YouTube at Bantha Milk. Uh, just look up Bantha Milk Podcast and you'll find us. Um, I have another, and it's pretty funny when you were talking all about how Jason from Ears Up Network, which is our parent organization, Ears Up, E with a Z, Ears Up with a Z, uh, they actually get paid to run ad advertisements for the 21st Amendment. I just drink the beer for them and support them. But uh, I didn't even think about it when I got it. Maybe that's why I got it, because it was like embedded in my head from listening to all the, all the podcasts and him talking about uh, Coaster Pills. But uh, I have another Coaster Pills this week. Um, nice. Because I don't I don't drink other than on the show for the most part. So I'm going to have this for the next five weeks or four weeks after this. <laughs> so get used to hearing all about Coaster Pills, and Jason will be very happy that I, at least I get to drink it. And you, sir, what do you have this week? Same thing or something different?
1: Uh, I went something different. I went <laughs> there you go. Corona this week, uh, inspired by Andor's runaway planet of choice.
0: I like it. I like it. Very good. So bust that open. Yes. Oh, there we go.
1: Took a minute.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you needed a bottle opener. I, on the other hand, uh, was <laughs> just able to just pop that John open. There you go. Um, Jason always says John, speaking of ears up. Jason always says John, and I thought that was just like a Philly thing. Apparently, Jason says it as well. But uh, going back to baseball, because it's all people in Philly are talking about right now, uh, when Bryce Harper hit one of the home runs, there was somebody in the so- in the stands holding up a sign that said, hit that John out of here or something like that. And I was <laughs> I was so going to send it to Jason because I, he loves saying the word John. Um, yeah. So anyway, Ears Up is our parent organization. That other guy's uh, the Supreme Taco Supreme... Uh, with guacamole and sour cream, I forget uh, resort. They are there as well. They have another show, uh, which is pretty funny, where they uh, go through old direct uh, to direct to DVD, direct to VHS Disney movies, scraping the vault. There's ears up in depth, and then there's us right here, at Banthamilk. Check us out at Facebook, Banthamilk Podcast, uh, Twitter at Just Banthamilk, Instagram Banthamilk Podcast. Um, Also, go to our Sacred Jedi Text Facebook group. Our Instagram page just got followed by another podcast called Sacred Jedi Text where they talk about Star Wars books. I found that pretty funny because, you know, our name was so original, Sacred Jedi Text, in that group. um, (laughs) Nobody ever thought of that before. So I just found it. Yeah, <laughs> I just found it funny that there's that we're now following a different Sacred Jedi text. So that, I have just a couple of house cleaning news right here real fast. I need to reach across the table. One of the times that Nick was here, you know, a month ago, he had to go off and have a baby and blah, 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 whatever. Gosh. But she is adorable, little Zandalina. Um, she's very, very cute. I know I just butchered her name and Nick is very mad at me for that. But um, she's super cute. Now, your little fella... When he was little, could he would he swaddle or no? For those of you who are too young to know what swaddling is, when they're really little, you wrap them up really tight and they keep, it keeps their arms in, and they still feel like they're in the womb. Because um, Nick has every picture that Nick has posted of her; she's still swaddled. And neither of my kids would do it. As soon as we tried to wrap them up, they were like throwing their arms out, like no way, I ain't doing this. And they had their hands out. We tried like. A dozen times, and we were like, "Forget it. They don't. They don't want to do it." So, did your little buddy that there was he a good swaddler or no?
1: He fought it. He definitely fought it. Uh, we had to get there's there's now fancy zip up swaddles. So that's uh-huh. that's what we had to result. Or, there we go. Like fall to.
0: Okay, yeah, we didn't have fancy zip up ones. We we had baby in a bag was really good. Um, it was like a blanket that you know zip up blanket but then their arms were free but it because you know you're not supposed to put a blanket in the crib with them and all that stuff so this was like a sleeping bag that was like all the way up and like oh i was like i want one of these it looks so comfortable so we used to call them baby in a bags i don't know what they were really called but they were really useful but anyway when nick was here he was saying oh we should have stickers so i got stickers made bam look at that so his oh. his goal is to go around we have wawas around here which are like better than 7 and he wants to put them on all the metal poles out in front of the Wawa so that your car doesn't go through the store. He <laughs> wants to put them on every one of those. So if you want some stickers, some Bantha Milk stickers, uh, DM us, send us an email at BanthaMilkPodcast uh, at Gmail, and uh, send us your address, and I'll send you some stickers so that you can grill marketing our uh, Bantha Milk stickers all over the place. So if you want some... I'll send them to you because we have them. Just make sure you know, you put them out there and then take a picture of them wherever you put them on, on whatever Wawa or 7-Eleven or um, whatever grocery store you guys have out there. Also, one last thing. Since uh, Johnny Jalopy at JohnnyJalopy.com, since he made that caricature for us, I did order one of his prints, and he made... Ooh, he did this a while back. It was an X-Wing car, a little hot rod X-Wing car there. So uh, I ordered that from him. He even autographed it to us. But then he was super nice, and he also sent us, bam, an actual picture of the caricature that that he made for us. These are huge. These are like 11 by 17. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're really nice. So you can go to his website if you're into hot rods or anything like that or even Star Wars cars. They have this one, and he also did uh, Darth Vader's helmet. It was pretty neat. So if you want to hang up some kind of neat uh, cartoon drawings in your house somewhere, johnnyjaloppy.com is the place to go, and he makes he draws some really, really cool cars, and he's also trying to do caricatures now, so he might even sell you one of those instead, so whatever. Star Wars News. I, have a, I just have two big, quick things. It's mostly about things you can buy. Do you remember Tamagotchi's? Oh Yeah, Yeah. so uh, a while back they made a C-3PO and an R2-D2 Tamagotchi. Um, I know this because my son was nice enough for my birthday. He bought me one. And I forgot how when I was a kid how much I loved playing with it, but how now at this age I could care less. And I felt really bad because he bought it for me. I played it like five minutes, and I was like, all right, I'm done. It's uh, so basic compared to all the stuff that we have today, but... Back in the 80s and 90s, like they, they were the coolest things ever. Um, well, they made a new one, a Baby Yoda Tamagotchi now also. So you can get a Baby Yoda Tamagotchi. If you really miss having your little pets hanging on your school bag and you want to keep them alive, you can now get a Baby Yoda one. And then the other thing that I have also about Baby Yoda, and I love these backpacks. And if you go to the parks, Disney World and or Disneyland, um, they have the Lounge Fly backpacks. They're super cool. My daughter got one. She got a Captain America one. She loves it. I, I just love the structure of it. I love how, like, like, they're leather, but they're, like, stiff at the same time. Like, they're not, like, floppy or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I was very impressed. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want one. But now they have a Baby Yoda Fuzzy Lounge Fly backpack. Oh, dang. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like the inside of Uggs. Um, how fuzzy it is, and then it has a cool little baby Yoda uh, embroidered on it, I think. And it's really nice looking if they had it over the summer. Although, I don't know. Do you want something that fuzzy on your back in summertime? I would think it would co- generate a lot of extra heat.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I, uh, I know for myself, if I'm hiking or if I'm in the parks or whatever I'm doing, uh, I always end up like destroying my shirt because of the sweat yeah uh-huh <laughs>
0: especially if you have a backpack on then you know it causes even more and if you have a fuzzy backpack on forget about it yeah. but it is cool and i guess it's good that it came out now where it's a little bit cooler out so uh there you go. so there you go so those are the two things that i i found this week i wasn't really doing much looking but i saw these two cool baby yoda things did you see anything also or no
1: no nothing nothing going on really this week it doesn't seem like um i will say the uh the baby yoda um tamagotchi is funny to me because i i actually had i guess adult yoda uh tamagotchi back in the day so it's it's (laughs) kind of funny that I guess now, you, now I should go buy the baby. Now I have to get the
0: baby yodel. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Well, guess right now before we go into the breakdown of episode seven announcements, we might as well take a quick commercial break. Maybe there will be a commercial here. Maybe there won't. It's up to you to find out. <laughs> so we'll be right back. And we're back! Yay! Commercials I are awesome. S- I will say uh,
1: the commercials are pretty reliably on this on on our show.
0: Okay, well so. that's good. So I hope you like that product and I hope you buy it. Whatever it is, maybe it's uh, a commercial for a uh, show on Peacock or maybe it's a Disney Plus commercial. I don't know, but <laughs> anywho, uh, check it check it out. Maybe it, it's even J C Penney. That was my favorite one. Was a J C Penney uh, ad in there. So. I broke this episode down scene by scene with just little um, bits about each one because there were, <laughs> and I, I numbered them also, there were 16 scenes this week. So we're going to get to the list and we're going to find out a little bit about each one of them. I, I like when people call them Easter eggs, but it's just like their way of making continuity, making it. You know, good continuity. It's not really an Easter egg. It's just like, this is what's in Star Wars world. So this would be here. So it should be right. here. It just carries over. It just carries over. So uh, there was a lot of that, a lot of good stuff that carried over. And last week, like we said, was the action that started the rebellion as a whole, because we now had 80 million credits that we can afford to do all the rebellious stuff with and get everybody together. This week, we saw Mon Mothma, a lot of Mon Mothma, and then a lot of the Imperial retaliation to this going down. So so this wasn't as exciting, and I should have written it down, but I didn't. But the showrunner for the show talked about how episodes like 8, 9, and 10 are grouped together, and they're all about... X and then 11 and 12 is the big finale and they're all about Y, but they didn't really say what seven was. So seven was kind of like this, almost like a limbo episode. Like it was a standalone, excuse me, I have the hiccups. It was a standalone episode and I can see where it, it is a standalone because it was just a little bit more, like you said earlier, like serious building of just drama, you know, like there wasn't a lot of action. There wasn't a lot of stuff going on. But there was a lot of important stuff in this episode. So, we start in scene one. <laughs> Cyril, that poor guy, uh, is getting blasted by his mom again. She is just tearing into him. She uh, tore him up. She, tore him up. <laughs> she uh, But, yeah, she tore him up. She, uh, she was not letting him get away with anything and just complaining about everything still. Oh, that's what I want to say. Starwars.com had two recipes, and one uh, my daughter was going to make for us, but then um, she, we never went to the store to get all the stuff that we needed to get for it. But there's a cool, cute recipe to make Baby Yoda Halloween cookies. They have a recipe to make, like, it's almost like, I guess it's like a sugar cookie type of uh, cookie, but then fondant on top of your cutout of Baby Yoda with a ghost sheet made of fondant and then you put little eyes and stuff on it. So it looks like baby Yoda is a ghost. So it was pretty cute. And then horrible. Yeah. And then the other thing they had, they had Cyril's uh cereal. And it was like Rice <laughs> crispy It was like it goes get blue crispy treats. And I don't know where you can find just regular blue rice krispies yeah. Like I'm like, oh yeah that's easy. If they exist, sure go right go ahead. So I don't know if I missed a part where it was, like, uh, take Rice Krispies and spray them with, like, water and blue blue food coloring or not. I missed that part. But, yeah, so it was, like, yeah, if you have blue Rice Krispie treats, it's very easy to make his cereal. So, yeah.
1: That's funny. It's almost like they uh, they forgot to release the blue cereal that they thought they were going to
0: release. Yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars cereal. <laughs> we have all these in a warehouse. Why didn't anybody ever send them out? Oh, we forgot all about that. So, yeah, so back to the show. So he's getting yelled at by his mom again. Nothing that he does is, is right. Uh, she's complaining this time about his tailored clothes and the fact that his collar was too long. It says that he's trying too hard or this or that or whatever. Poor, poor guy. No wonder why he's so beaten down. He's just like, <laughs>
1: oh. His mom just destroys it. She yeah. just
0: destroys him no matter what. Um, so poor little fellow there. And then uh, <laughs> even at the end when he's at work, <laughs> like <laughs> he's just like, this is not what I expected my life to be. I did not think I was going to be living with my mom and working in this cubicle the rest of my life. But anyway, that's yeah, a spoiler for the end of the show. Scene two, we're in the, in the ISP office, and uh, Deidre knows the Empire's doing it all wrong, basically is what I wrote down. Like, she sees what they're doing. They're talking about, you know, we need to do this, this, and this now. And she's like, man, that's what they want you to do. Yeah, they're, um,
1: they're playing the exact bad guy playbook. There. Mm-hmm. Let's retaliate with even more. You know, I think it was they wanted to levy a tax of five times the amount that was stolen if if anybody's caught harboring rebels. I right. Mean, yeah. Exactly how to be a bad guy. Exactly
0: how to be either. even more of a bad guy. Be the baddest of the bad guys. And then um, the person that was leading it was Wolf Ularin, Uh yes. And he was from A New Hope and Rebels. So. Yep. It was it was cool. Uh, that would be one of those Easter eggs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm actually curious if that sets us up because down the road, Eularin is, um, he's Thrawn's mentor, obviously. Right. And then he's also, um, the sideburns guy from Rebels.
0: Oh yeah. Um, oh, I forget defense. what his name is. Yes, yeah, so I know who you're talking about. Um. Yeah, you're gonna look it up for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> check. Let's see if I can figure it out. Uh, Cyburns, there it is. Callus.
0: Yes, there you go. Good. So he's he's Callus's um,
1: mentor. Mentor. Boss. I was gonna
0: say teacher, yeah. boss. Yeah, and also Thrawn's boss. I would love if we were able to see Thrawn in this series, but I think it's too early for Thrawn.
1: Yeah. I I think at most he's going to be like somebody who like is at a meeting table that Deidre is at or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool because he's so cool. I love Thrawn. He's like the one rebel. I mean, of course, you know, everybody loves Darth Vader too, but are the one Imperial Uh, that I love so he's pretty cool alright scene 3 Luthan is listening to the news about the heist now I have a theory about this and I'm probably way wrong but we'll see what happens Uh, Mon Mothma stops by to find out if he did it so uh, she comes in um, we see some things in the background you see the necklaces of the father the son and the daughter Um, oops you're blurry on me again there we go um, oh, am I blurry? No, I'm sorry. You got. You're good. Okay. It could be my Wi-Fi on that computer also, um, but he. It, it's funny. She has her back to the to the door. She tells her driver to stay outside because her driver's an ISP spy, um, and he he's talking. I like the way he's talking, where he's like answering her uh, rebel questions, but he's answering it in a way of a salesman. Oh yeah. You know, like so that yeah. the guy has no idea what they're actually talking about. Um, uh, very animated and stuff. Um, but yeah,
1: it's, it's really great to watch just how he's like masking that the whole time. They're having this really kind of serious, threatening conversation in some ways.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah. Cause she's he's like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, all. Very, he's all, he's all showy. He's a very, he's a big yeah. showman. Um, because she's like mad. She's like, how, how could you have done this? And he's like, look, I, I had to. Like, we need this money. We can't, we can't rely on your family's money, type of thing. And she wants to, she wants to just keep picking away a little bit through the Senate, and she wants to try and do things slowly. And as she's thinking, if we just do a little bit at a time. Eventually we'll break through and we'll get through. And he's like, "Let's go. We're going all in. Now that we got this, we're going. We're going uh, all the way in." So I found it funny how the two of them are different takes on on what to do to start this rebellion, to start the, this, uh, yeah, this rebellion. Yeah, um,
1: and I think I think Mon Mothma also. What I got off of Mon Mothma there is she is. I don't think she's comfortable with getting her hands dirty with the rebellion right now. Right. Feel like maybe, maybe there's some part of her that thinks that, you know, we can lead a civilized rebellion of some sort and we can do it through, you know, political means and make it happen through the Senate or whatever. Um, But realistically what Luthen kind of set into action and, and what he got the folks on Aldani to do is what you have to do to start a revolution.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I agree 100%. She's, she's definitely trying to just do it through politics and he's like, that's not going to work. Um, mm-hmm. And then his assistant, which I have her name later on, um, Kia, K-L-Kilia, K-L-E-I-Y-A, that's her name, she says to him, um, I hope I hope she is worth it. Can't hide forever. And then, um, like, basically saying, Mon is trying to do it secretively. We got to go all the way. I have a feeling that the assistant has a bigger part in this than what we're going to find out. That maybe she's I, not the assistant. She might be the mastermind, and he's the assistant. That would yeah. be a fun twist.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely feels like there's something we don't know yet going on.
0: There. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like there was another, uh, kind of like um, like Padme, how when she would always go and meet, she would have her, her body double pretend mm-hmm. that they yes. were the leader and she was just a, a servant girl in the background. I feel like this is the same situation, that we're going to find out that she has a much bigger part in it and she's letting him be the showman, but she's actually the the brains behind the whole thing. That'll be. I, yeah. that, I would. I would like that a lot. Yeah. And then there sure, was, sure. there was also a, a Temple Guard mask on the shelf in there as well. So there's a couple more, uh, little I things. So this is
1: also what, caught the uh, the powered down Gungan shield. Oh, cool! That was in the corner. Okay. And uh, this the Sith Stalker armor is always there. Yeah. Um, that one keeps showing up. And then the other one that I... It was out of focus in other episodes, but, like, finally got into cl- into focus here, uh, was a mask like Plo, Plo Kloon wears.
0: Oh, right, yes.
1: Um, I forget his race. Was that name, the one,
0: you know? like, right in front of them? It was, like, backwards the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what mask that was. Now that you said it, now I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it was. Um, yeah. And when he goes into the back room in one of the other episodes, there was two, a Sith and a... Uh, um, Jedi holocron on the shelf, but they were much larger than the ones that you buy at Disney World. It yes. was like twice the size of this. They were huge. Yeah. Um, so I found that fun that they were they that they used made bigger ones. Yep. Um. So yeah. So I do like when they're in the shop because I do like trying to see all the different things that, that they have in there. Um, and they've
1: done a good job of of making it like. Like, they're not focusing on the things that are supposed to be Easter eggs. They're truly background Easter eggs, which yeah is really cool to, yeah. so for nerds like us. For to,
0: nerds like us. To, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, and then um, the, uh, the Cyril, uh, he, then he goes, he starts his new job at the Bureau of Standards. And the guy says, weights and gauges seems more exciting from the outside. I was like, yes. Weights and gauges definitely seems very exciting. Like, I think people, are, <laughs> all the people in their streets are like, I really wish I was working in weights and gauges. Um, <laughs> There's a more vibrant arena than the redundancy of ver- verification, um, is what he says. The redundancy of verification. I'm like, oh my gosh, all these jobs are so boring.
1: They made that. They made that place look so awful. <laughs> yes. The, like I work. <laughs> Like I said, I work in a call center, so, you know, I'm used to cubicles, but my God, I think it was like five stories of nothing but the same cubicle. Yeah. Over and over. And And they're like so,
0: they're so spread out. so. Even like with your cubicle, I'm sure there's somebody pretty close to you. So if you needed to, you could stand up and like talk to somebody right next to you, like, hey, you got an extra pen, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are we doing for lunch? Like, you can, but they're so spread out that it's like, <laughs> it's like yep. everyone is Toil 10 feet away, apart. Yeah.
1: Eight hours in this little spot. In this little
0: spot <laughs> with these two. And I did like that they had the uh, old style monitors uh, mm-hmm. for both of them, just like the two. Uh, Four by three monitors, just like we had in the 70s and 80s when when this show, you know, was originally uh, created. Um, So, yeah, so that was pretty funny. And then uh, he says he's telling the guy about how he got locked there or he lost his job because of, you know, uh, a a rebel killed two of our people. And there's a guy on the loose and I was determined to find him and blah, blah. blah. And he goes, yeah, we're going to have to edit your history here a little bit. Um, because we don't need to get, we don't need all that getting out. Um, which I found very, very funny that he was like, nah, we're going to start now. He goes, there's an immediate opening in fuel security. I'm like, Oh God, I can't even imagine how boring that job is. (laughs) Um, and he just like looks at that, at that cubicle and he's just like, just put me out of my misery, please. Somebody, um, so then we cut scene to a woman in a cloak walking through the city. It took me a while to figure out who that was because she looked different when wearing a cloak and stuff, but that was the assistant. Um, okay. That was Lucent.
1: I'm glad you picked that up. My my wife, ever since the trailer dropped, my wife was convinced that we were going to find out that that person in the cloak was a was another young Leia. Oh, okay. Young Princess Leia. Okay. Um, and I didn't notice in my watch that it was the the assistant. So I'm glad you picked that up.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't until the second one, when, when she started talking to Vale, and then I was like, oh. Because this was another one with, and especially when we get into like the Mon Mothma, the political speak and the words that they were using and all the, like it's so like it was written by George Lucas when, Um, when Carrie Fisher in interviews has said, you know, you can write this stuff on paper, but you can't say this stuff like this is too hard to say. I feel like all their dialogue was very verbose as well. I used a big word now, um, (laughs) because it was just like, oh my gosh, like I had to pause it, read it, think about it, comprehend it and then go, oh, okay. Now I know what she's saying. Moving on. Like if I would have just watched it one time full through, I would have been like, all right, they're planning something, but I don't know what. Um, and that just might be my simple brain. I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair. The other, the other thing that I thought was interest, uh, interesting about this, like where, where she's walking through, um, I, I caught, um, I don't know if you caught this. There were some like security people and they were wearing the same helmets that we see the rebels wear on Yavin, the kind of like bubbly with the long back.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So I'm wondering if the, you know, did the rebels, you know, steal those helmets? It would make sense, right? Right, yeah. Um, that they would have stolen those. And Especially the
0: other... um, after, like, the Deidre part where she's talking to the guy about everything that they stole. So yeah. I wouldn't doubt that they would steal some of their their armor as well because it's easier to steal it than it is to try and get your own made.
1: Right, right. Uh, and then the other, <laughs> the remark I had was this almost feels like it was shot at, a like, a Comic-Con. <laughs> like, just just the background I was like oh I am genuinely curious if maybe some of those stormtroopers were like 501st guys
0: uh, Right they probably could be yeah Yeah <laughs> because uh I mean it, it's it's uh was well documented in Mandalorian when there was that giant scene of all the all the stormtroopers they were all 501st guys in the background So I wouldn't doubt that they uh had a bunch of 501st guys running around in this scene as well Um so, yeah, so we see her running through. She's looking at symbols written in chalk on the ground to know where she's going to go meet this other person. And uh, so we see her walking, then it cuts away. And then we're at Deidre, and she's going into an office with a very the <laughs> very laid-back dude. She's like, fix your jacket. Oh, yeah, sorry, ma'am, uh, sir. And he couldn't, he, Yes, sir, ma'am. Uh, and uh, so I'm like, oh. it's just funny how they're showing all of the, like, the the regular uh soldiers and how uh what regular soldier life is like in this show you know like yeah. we saw how everybody that was on the other planet all they wanted to do the 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 mission stunk the building that they were in was awful but they got to see this really cool light show that's the only reason you went to this base was to see this really cool light show once every i forget how many years it was 12 years or something like that yeah. Um, and now this guy's like, oh, it's so hot in here. I'm going to unbuckle my my jacket. She comes in. She's like, fix yourself. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Falzonis, Falzonis, uh, Falzonis is the guy's name. Um, yep. But she wants, <laughs> this is a great line. She wants records of all the missing avionics, comms, navigation, and targeting qu- uh, equipment. And he goes, for what star system? And she says, oh all of them (laughs) for everywhere in the world, everything, everything, all time. And he's like, what do you know how much work that is? And she's like, do I need to get somebody else to get it? Fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a a cool exchange. And, (laughs) and like you said, we're really seeing like the unpolished side of the, the, um, empire, which is cool because like realistically, in especially the first three up ep- or the you know first three released episodes, New Hope, yeah, uh, Empire and Jedi, we really only got like they like the Empire was this super regimented, really like strong like strength through unity type of thing, um, and so I really like as we have expanded more. Uh, we're starting to see more of that real side, right? The guys who are unbuttoned. Yeah. I really liked um I think it was it was solo when we got to see the like mud troopers. Yep. And I would love to see more of that eventually. Yeah. I'm really happy that we're like exploring that side of the
0: Empire. Yeah, exactly. Like we're seeing everything, not just the the cream and the crop. We're seeing all the rest of them now. Um mm-hmm. so then <laughs> Sinta's Uh, We see her, she's unboxing a speeder, um, trying to get away. When you see a giant Star Destroyer fly overhead and you're like, oh, now they're on this planet as well. Um, So we don't see her much. We just see her get on the speeder and then fly away. This is all we we really have of her. Um, And obviously she's going somewhere trying to get off the planet but now all the planets are in lockdown so we'll have to see if she's able to get out and get reunited with the rest of her people uh and then the next scene like that was a quick scene we get back to the assistant walking and then she meets up with Vale. and this is the other one i was trying to figure out who this was because (laughs) she went from you know dingy dirty clothes to now she's in the city and looking all prim and proper and i was like who's this and i was like oh that's Vale. i was like that's so funny um, she was like, she said, where is he? I thought he would be here. So she really wanted to see Luthan, Um, But then uh, Keely, Keelya, Keelya, or however you say her name, um, she has. she's like annoyed. She's very, very annoyed, which is why it, leading me to believe that she might have more uh, pull in this than just the assistant, which will also... Yeah. If that's the case, it'll give us a good understanding going back to the flashbacks why she was always so stern faced and so, um, angry when Luthen was doing all the talking. You, you know, you find out that she, she's like, you know, you, you talk too much. You know, you're telling too many people too many things type of thing. Um, but she's, she's mad. She says, you know, Sint is doing what she was told to do. Um, and she's like, unlike you, you, um, even by sending out a message to us, you could get yourself in just as much. You can get Basically, you can get caught just like you can get the person receiving the message caught. So don't send messages unless it's absolutely necessary is basically what she was telling her. And then she tells him that you need to find Clem uh, andor Cashin, who you know him as Clem. You need to find him and take care of it. And she's like, you mean kill him? She's like, you know what I mean. So now Clem is the rebels and he's wanted by both sides now. Yep. Um, so he's in, he's in a, for a herd of trouble. Um, and then, uh, we see Sintas back on the speeder and then, uh, Marva and we get to Marvin Cashin's house and we see our good friend B, B2 emo. Um, he's back. You Happy little do. fellow. I love him. Um, He's like, oh, Kakashi, you're back. Um, and then uh, I love his stutter. His I do. Stutter
1: is so fun. Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and he's like, like I was saying to Nick, he's like a puppy that can talk. Yeah. Like he's very happy to see you, uh, which like a puppy is extremely happy to see you. So if a puppy could talk, he would be he would be b 2 emo Bmo. He would he would definitely be him because. They're like, yay, you're home. But now they can actually say, yay, you're home. Where before okay. they just bark at you. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, and then uh he, we find out that there's troopers all over Ferex and that it's under Imperial authority. And Cashin finds out that Tim turned him in, <laughs> which is funny because he was like, You know this? She's like, the whole town knows this. <laughs> He's like, Oh. It's, it's big news. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> this isn't a secret. Um uh, and then he, he basically, want, he comes back to take her away because now that he has his 200,000 credits or less now because he bought a ship and now he's giving, he's paying off his debts. So now he's down to like 150,000 credits. Um, he, he's, he's come to take her away and run away and she doesn't want to go. Um, and I found that this was fun. She was like, he's like, but there, he was like, there's, uh, I'll take you to a safe place. She's like, I'm in my safe place. And I'm like in your house. And then she's like in my head and I'm like, okay, that's a little crazy speak. Like they'll never get (laughs) me up here. Um, but, uh, but it was fun. Um, so she, she doesn't want to go. And then we cut away to, to fancy party on Coruscant. Um, and this is when there's like all this talk, which I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, she's talking to her old friend, Tay Cloman. And, uh, I don't know if he's been in anything else. I don't think so. I don't think we've seen him before.
1: Not that I'm familiar with. I will say Shandralah Sa- where he's from. Okay. Is that is where the Star Cruiser that they built at Disney World is from.
0: Oh, okay. Um so maybe we'll see him in Disney World.
1: There we go. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, yeah. Yeah, but it it's definitely a very affluent system, from my understanding. And it is cool, you know, finally in some sort of video media, they're actually referring to a place that, like, they built <laughs> instead yeah. of, you know, Batu, which never gets referred to. Right. Um, so I yeah. kind of found that, like, a cool little Easter egg.
0: Yeah, and also Mon, uh, when she says... Um... Whatever the charity thing that she's making, um, mm. is is her her con- her country, her planet that she's from. Um, so uh, let's see. So some of the some of the lines in here, he says, "I'm not sure you're aware how far afield some of us have taken our political allegiance these days." I was like, "What?" I had to look up what the word "a field" meant, and it means <laughs> a- apart from. Like how far yeah, away we've we've gone from from the empire. I was like, okay. And then she says, "The Grand Vizzler has infiltrated my Separatist coalition meeting. Um, as long as everything everyone thinks I'm an irritation, there is a good chance they will miss what I'm really doing." So it's funny because they start this conversation, and he's like, "Look, you're all about the Empire. I am not." He's like you don't understand we we're, we're not actually on the same page anymore. And then by the end of it she's like uh but what you don't know is we are on the same page. Right. Um, I this
1: uh, this part of this episode is what hit me where like Oh, excuse me. Uh where they're talking about this being a uh you know, this was a political thriller and there's been a touch of it here and there, but this felt like I was watching like I don't know tinker taylor soldier spy kind of yeah it was like a really strong political thriller type of scene where it was it was actually a a thriller for yeah
0: 100 percent. and even she even said like oh my husband's coming he can't be trusted so she doesn't even trust her own husband um the daughter came over and talked to them for a minute and i was like what is the point of this i think maybe the husband well this is just more of um showing that she's trying to build this revolution in this and this rebellion and she can't even control her own kids her own kid at this point um yeah so oh, uh, yes, I'm forming a Shandrilian charitable outreach program so she is also from Shand Chanderola. um Shandr-la. yeah so they're both from the same um same planet yes uh and it will appear to be another of my Belovian and useless irritations I was like oh my gosh the words in this scene it's so crazy Uh, and then he says he does ask her like what do you need my help with and she doesn't answer him and he says you know you didn't answer me and she says that's right I didn't and I won't and I'm like so you know like read between the lines here you're both on the same thing Um, and then she turns it on him and she says perhaps you find my politics a bit strong for your taste which was exactly what he said to her in the beginning of this scene. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, then, it then, was a great turnaround for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I'm really excited to see where that goes and, and how much he is involved in what's coming up um, as well. Um, so then after all that giant politics gets dropped on us, Cashin sneaks into Bix's house, and he knocks... I was like, look at that. In the galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago, they have the same silly knock that we do. Um, (laughs) So he gives that funny knock, and then she tells him this is the last place you should be. I was like, everybody's telling him this. Like his mom tells him, get out of here. She's telling him, get out of here. Uh, He said, the troopers won't catch me. She says, people blame you for the Imperials being there. So the people will turn you into the troopers. So you better get out of here. Um, and this is like a sad moment for him because I think he, he wanted to come back. He wanted to, first he wanted to take his mom away. Then he was like, okay, I can get Bix out of here as well. Or, or I can live with Bix or whatever the case may be. But, uh, his wife, his mom is like, you have to leave and I'm not coming with you. His hopefully girlfriend is like, I'm not going with you. You're a jerk. Um, So everything that he came home for, the only thing that really loves him still is the, is the droid and, (laughs) and (laughs) just BMO and his mom won't let him let him, or yeah, his mom won't let him take BMO with him. So, um, so he gives her 12,000 credits and he says, this is to all the friends. This is for what, uh, what I owe them. And then as he leaves, he, he puts his hood up because everybody has a, has a hood in this, in star Wars. um, and he sees some troopers and he hides from them. And when he hides, then he has a flashback to when his adopted dad gets killed, um, yeah. which was a, a sad um, scene because you're like, oh, like this poor guy. Um, and then I don't know if you noticed, but the troopers were clone troopers; they weren't yes. storm troopers because it was a flashback, and they were storm- they were clone troopers. Um, yeah. And then his dad gets mis- he's trying to stop the bag or stop the the townsfolk from like getting he was trying to stop them from getting killed because they were going to do dumb things to the stormtroopers to the clone right. troopers and instead he gets blamed for it and so then they they string him up uh, in the in the town square and they leave him there for a couple of days uh which is not a nice thing then we go back to to his house he's now done flashing back to that he goes back to his house and i liked how b had this little docking station that he was in it was (laughs) really cool it was like a little charging station um marva tells him that she is not going she says the rebellion is here it's overdue and probably doomed and i'm too old and i don't care anymore so i found that like a great line she was like look we need to do this and I'm not running and hiding. This is what I'm going to do. And I
1: I liked that. She, she didn't care why she, or she cared why she was rebelling obviously, but she knew she was going to rebel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think she was so tired of running because she even talks about how she avoided the time, the square that, um, that her husband was, was murdered in and all that stuff. And she's, she's finally had enough of hiding and whatever. And she's like, that's it. I'm in. And, um, it's funny, um, on one of the YouTube shows that I was watching, uh, Screen Crush I was watching, he showed um, uh, Mavera, Ma- Mavern, yeah, Maverin uh, when she was on Harry Potter because she was Harry Potter's aunt. And right. it was funny seeing how old and disheveled she looks now. And I know that's extra makeup making her look older and more frail compared to how she looked as the aunt on, on Harry Potter. Um, so it just made me laugh. Um yeah. so while she's talking there's another flashback to where Cashin attacks the troopers for killing his dad as a little kid he's with like a stick he's going running at him and then uh, uh people are standing up they're yeah um uh, yeah and getting killed oh yeah he, she says she says Alani was just a rob or he says Alani was just a robbery and then she says no people are now standing up now i wonder if she knows i think she might know that he was a part of the alani robbery but she's not saying anything to him because i think she doesn't want to uh, like have that knowledge or something i don't know like do you think she knows
1: i yeah i don't know i uh, she's she's a hard one to read i i don't i i could see her knowing that that he was part of the alani Robbery, because um, I think somewhere in there, also we found out that Clem was his adopt was her husband's name. Yes, yes. Um, and I am trying to remember. I, I hope I am remembering this right. I don't think did did Cashin pick the name Clem, or was that given to him? No, he
0: sure? picked it because because when he was on the ship with with Luthen, Luthen says, uh, "Obviously, you don't want to go by your real name. What should we call you?" And he said Clem. Um, gotcha so yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I could see Marva like knowing I could also see her not knowing like that. It, like obviously the story has kind of set her up to not know, but um, I think there's a lot in this show that, that isn't what it seems. And I think, you know, especially with us having another six episodes still this season, I think I think anything is still really possible, so I, I, you know, I could see her knowing or being like an old friend of Luthen's, and yeah. actually her being the reason why Luthen came more so than uh, his sort of girlfriend or whatever.
0: I like that. I like that idea. I hope so. Um, it would be pretty cool. Um, and then B hides his head. She uh, she wants to help. She says she's been lying around and waiting to die too long enough. And then B is like, hmm, like he's like hiding. He's like, I maybe I should walk away. But and and he says, he says you can't beat them. She says, not if I run away. I can't beat them. And then she's super excited to help. Uh, she, it's like she she now got her second wind on life. Is the way I wrote it down. Like she's now like, let's go. I'm all in. Uh, and she says, you can't stay and I can't go, um, which was sad because she's basically telling him like you have to get out of here i love you but get out and he said something like well i can't because i'll be worried about you every single day and she says yeah that's love like that's that's what love is so yes you will be um so it's pretty sad and then she says one more thing stop looking for your sister there were no survivors on canari um so i wonder what happened after they left um and then she says, "Let it go." And then I heard uh, the Frozen soundtrack started playing. It was really strange.
1: <laughs> Disney's got to get that synergy in. She yes, no, <laughs> nice they um, do. Yeah, I I actually wrote down. I I said, you know, I don't I don't know if she knows that there were no survivors. Um, I think she knows she's sending Cashin off to to do more Rebele-y things. So maybe she's trying to clear his mind. I guess. Okay. And just being like, hey your thing about your sister just stop um, you know I, I I think that's probably to me that's what it was I I think his sister's still out there.
0: I think uh, so too one. yeah I think she just doesn't want him to spend the time and effort looking because it's gonna he's gonna get in more trouble by doing that than he would um, by just going off and doing what whatever he's going to do. Um, so I think she's just trying to save him that I don't want to say hassle, but the whatever the grief and anguish that's going to cause by him going and looking for her. Yeah. I
1: also think uh what's interesting on the flip side of seeing the normal everyday pieces of the Empire, um we're seeing the like. We're seeing the more dirty parts of the rebellion.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: Um families being split up mm-hmm. people dying all that kind of stuff that you know in the in the movies and such a lot of the rebellion has been this righteous cause that people are doing right whereas like this is this is like and it obviously the beginning of a rebellion is going to be more dirty than the end of it usually yep but you know, this is really the dirty roots of the, the rebellion and the, the hard parts that we don't necessarily get otherwise.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, and I I love this series because it's there's very little Star Wars in the Star Wars series. Um, not that I don't like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But the fact that you can have a whole Star Wars series with very little Star Wars in it, um makes it so awesome to me like there's
1: not even that many laser guns no like, uh, there was obviously there was blasters in the fight, but like you go whole episodes without any yeah any blasters or lightsabers and, or anything
0: and even when when they were holding the guns when they were going to when they were practicing or when they were dressed in their normal clothes, those guns looked like, uh, like AK-47s almost. You know, they didn't look yeah. like Star Wars guns. They looked like they had like a clip in the bottom, which I found very odd that there would be a clip for shooting laser bolts. I, you know, you can't just grab a whole handful of laser bolts and put them into the clip. So I don't know what the clip was for. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know why your, uh, why your battery needed to be banana-shaped. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it's... It's a, it's a nice, fresh feel on Star Wars, which I really like. Like, Not that I don't want to see a whole bunch of lightsabers and stuff, but this is a great war movie, a great war series, um, and it just has a lot of Star Wars undertones to it rather than smacking you in the face with Star Wars. It's all just there. You know, It's all in the background more. Um, so then we're back at the ISP office, and Blevins trying to throw Deidre under the bus. Uh, which was great. I love... <laughs> and it to, it's great because it totally backfires. He's like... She's like, yeah, go ahead. Say whatever you want to say. And then she's like, it's because I'm doing your job for you. Uh, so this whole scene was great because it just shows the politics of the Empire as well, of the Imperials. Um, and it shows how she... Yeah, it Go shows ahead.
1: how their rigid their rigidity doesn't let them like react to the rebels. They they have all these strict rules, all these strict measures and if they're playing by their rule book yeah and Deidre knows this, right? Yeah. This is her whole point. They can't they they're never going to fight the rebels because, you know, you have to submit 37 different papers to to <laughs> yeah to try and get the data to go find a rebel and there's been a 37 attacks in the times that you've in, set in all the time those that
0: papers. you've waited for all that yeah <laughs> um, it it reminds me a little bit of like uh like the Vietnam war like we wouldn't cross the I don't know what the number was but we wouldn't cross the parallel to go into mm, yeah. the into you know but they were coming down and they're fighting the guerrilla warfare against us um, and we were like okay we're just standing on our ground here Um, and it feels like the same thing. Like she said, you know, we drew these lines to make all these sectors. The rebels don't work inside of these lines. They don't care. You know, they're just, they're just doing their thing no matter where, where it is. Um, so I found it it fun that she even said like in, in, um, one of the other episodes that she's thinking like a, like a rebel. Um, which is actually what they need. They need more people thinking like rebels than they do thinking like Imperials because that's how you're going to know what their plan is if you think like them instead. Um, So it was funny how it backfires on them. Deidre winds up getting more power because of it. And then um, as she's leaving, the Major tells her to walk with her, and he says, uh, he says, oh, good job. Uh, Watch your back. Um, Yeah. So... (laughs) He's like, you did a great thing, but uh, other people don't like that. So they And this is where it would have been like a, a really good like Thrawn moment for him to come in, and she's thinking the way Thrawn would think, where he's not thinking in these straight lines that the, that the Imperial uh, has broken everything down into. He thinks big picture, and she's now thinking big picture as well. And I would love to see her working for Thrawn I think the two of them, together, they probably could win the win this battle with, and the Rebels would be uh, completely shut down. And then I would be sad because I would be excited that, that Thrawn won, but sad that <laughs> Thrawn won at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, so then we go to a new planet, uh, Nyamos. Yeah, uh, which really was really cool music. Really cool music. This whole episode had a lot of great music. Um yes. the the score behind it was amazing the whole time. Um, now I am confused. When we met Cashin before, he said that he did. Didn't he say he did six years in um, as a cook?
1: Oh, when he was talking to When he was talking to Skeen. Skeen. Yeah, he did say that. I I, I, I know what you're getting at now. <laughs> the end of the end of the NAMIO stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't put that together until right this very moment. Uh interesting.
0: Yeah. Because I as soon as I saw it, I was thinking, okay, we either had a time jump forward or a time jump backwards.
1: That's, I wrote down time jump question mark yeah. uh, because I, I thought the same thing. There was definitely some sort of time jump.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, the way it portrays basically like you would think it would be six months later or like sometime later um, because he's he's on this other planet. He's with some girl. So he's established a relationship there with this girl, which, by the way, she is super annoying um
1: <laughs> super drunk and just wants him to go get more booze. Yeah, she
0: needs more pisos and revnag. Um you know the green one because we like you like the green one too. Um <laughs> but I'm like, oh my gosh, like here no wonder why he's standing in the bathroom with the shower on because he wants to get away from her. Um but uh yeah, so he I mean maybe he didn't establish anything. This could be a one night stand that she's just there. Who knows? But yeah. uh But he's like, he has this chest, and it doesn't seem like he has a lot of credits. Um, So I was thinking, like, at first I was like, there's no way he went through all 150,000 credits. And why would he hide on this big populated city? Like, if you're going to hide, you're not going to go to a big populated city, no matter how scared they made him look as he's walking through town. Like, it so that's why I'm I'm leaning more towards this was a flashback to what yeah. got him arrested because he says that he spent six years and then you know skiing you know something about him being a chef or a cook or whatever. Right. Um. So, but we do see a K-2 droid, which was pretty fun because you're like, oh, it's K-2SO, but then the voice was completely different. Yeah. Um, so he he goes out to get some more Pizos and Revnag. And uh, there's some guys that are being chased by a shore trooper, um, which I liked. I liked their armor. It was fun armor. And I think we've I, seen it before, maybe in like Rebels or something.
1: Uh, we saw sh- shore troopers in Rogue One. Rogue they One. Were, okay. There were sh- shore troopers on, um, and now I'm dropping the name, the last planet they were on in Rogue One. Okay. Uh, um, where the plans for the Death Star are.
0: Okay. So, yeah, so we see some more shore troopers and uh he's being they're being chased by the shore trooper so he's scared uh i'm sure he was up to no good whether it's in the past or in the future um but so he's he's like walking like kind of hastily uh and then he gets uh pulled aside by the shore trooper because he does he is running scared uh and then the guard <laughs> he says to the guard like i'll wait here if you want to go deal with those guys <laughs> uh, and then a K2, uh, droid is coming up. He's carrying two people who are, who are being bad, whatever they were doing. Uh, he drops them and the guy says, uh, he says, make sure he hangs around or something like that. And the K2 <laughs> droid goes, hang, hang, Right? picks them up and he's like, tell him you didn't mean that. Not like that. <laughs> um, so then he goes and then he gets arrested and he's in this like. Bad, um, really poor uh, prison or courtroom, like very, uh, you know, dingy. There's one fan there, one Imperial fan there. That was it. Um, It was just like, which is why I also think that it was a flashback more than a flash forward because maybe it's like the start of the Empire as well. And like they weren't as funded as well or anything like that. I don't know. Um, no, and
1: that's. Did you get the? Did you get? Did that judge remind you of the portions guy?
0: from, yes. uh,
1: <laughs> from Force Awakens. Yes, a
0: hundred percent. You get one half portion, and she's like sitting there, like eating, eating her her nuts as it's going on. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Did uh, you
1: also catch that her fan had the imper- the one fan that was there. Uh, the greats for it were the Imperial Crest. The
0: Imperial Crest, yep, uh huh, exactly, which is like, oh, there it is. Uh, so the uh, you can get your Imperial Issue fan, but you can't get air conditioning in this building. Right. Um, <laughs> and then she's like sentencing him to, to crime. He's like, I didn't. And she's like, do you want me to add something else to it as well? And he was like, no. And she's like, fine, six years. He's like, what? She's like, this would have been a six-month sentence, but now it's a six-year sentence. Uh, and also on screen crush Ryan Airy the host of it he loves to read um Arabesh. So okay. The two names that they ran over the uh old um credit card machine um were neither of the two names. It wasn't his name was like Kreef, wait, Keith. It reminded me of reminded me of of Grief Karga. It was like Keith Garga. Yes, and I was like grief <laughs> Um so it was Keith Garga or something like that but when he ran the name across it was um, it said like Kevin Kevin James or Kevin Jones or something like that like it was it was some guy who was um, like a like an effects guy hmm. on on a couple of the shows might even be on this show as well. But, cool. uh, but yeah, so Ryan Ari if, if you want to know exactly what it said in Arabesh, he breaks down every time he sees anything written in Arabesh, which is a lot of fun. Um, nice. But it, wasn't, it didn't say their names. It said different names. So he, he was like, I don't know if you didn't think we weren't going to try and translate it or not, but uh, we did, and it says <laughs> your name. So good job. <laughs> um, so you see him getting sentenced, and then the very last scene is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is our boy Cyril going to his new job, and it's like uh, he's in a different type of prison than what what Cashin's going to. Um, yeah, it so felt very office space. Yes, yes, it was. Well, Bob's. I have seven bosses. So <laughs> when I make a mistake, I have seven people that come down and yell at me. Um, so I just try to do as little work as possible to prevent anybody from coming to yell at me. Yeah. So. Yes, I love, uh, I love Office Space as well. So there we go. So that was the whole episode. It was a great episode. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, it was a lot of good character, backstory building. Um, yeah. Now you see the, the start of the pol- political end of it, and you also see how the Empire is handling things right now. Um, so what's nice about it is there are so many more episodes left. Like this is only episode seven, and we have 12 this season. And then we have twelve more next season, so I'm happy. As opposed to you know, Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian, um, where they only had ten episodes or eight episodes or whatever it was, where it's like, come on, give me some more! Like, give me a, a great story. This seems to be turning into a really, really good story.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're hitting the pacing the right way. Yeah, it's it's feeling right. The only thing I don't like, and and it was last, it happened last. Uh, happened last episode, and then it happened again this episode. The last scene is weird. It, it's definitely like a decision by the director. The director's yeah. definitely doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. Like the this time it was it was Cyril. it was Cyril. Yeah. Um, last time I it was uh, Luther if I remember right. Yeah, it, the oh, laughing. Like a, a weird little tag that. It feels like they're trying to make it a, a cliffhanger, but it really generally isn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like they're trying to do like a Marvel thing where they have a post-credit scene, but they have the post-credit scene before the credits because yeah. they don't want people to miss the post- post-credit scene type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, like neither of them really needed to be there to complete the story for the episode. Um, it was better this week than last week's last week's i really felt was completely unnecessary yeah. um this week's i was like okay because you know like we get to see oh here's one more Cyril opened and closed the episode in just two different versions of his of his life that he's not happy that he's in right now right. um no matter where he goes he's just like Ugh if i go home my mom is is bitching at me if i'm at work i'm sitting in this cubicle staring at numbers um so yeah. yeah
1: yeah i think this episode definitely was that turning point and and they had to do it this way for for marketability right they had to hook you in with uh with some action yeah. which is the the attack the uh stealing the the empire's payroll and then and now they've got you hooked in, so they're going to reel you up and and start doing the turn the corner and start doing the more political, more delicate pieces that that uh, take a little bit more brain power to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So okay, well, on that note, um, I think that's it for this week. What do you think? I think so. Awesome. Well. I want to thank you once again for coming and filling in for Nicholas. He claims that he'll be back next week. Uh, Maybe he'll bring his baby with him. I doubt it because she will only be three or four weeks old, and he shouldn't be taking her out of the house at that point in time. So uh, maybe he'll be here. Maybe we'll have all three of us. If you want to keep coming back, I'd I'd be more than happy to. uh, You're doing a great job of filling in there, so I'd be more than happy to let you come back again. Uh, yeah. That's my Canadian hockey speak there again. <laughs>
1: yeah, if, if if you need me or if you want me, uh, let me know. I I'd be happy to join. It's it's a good time. Uh, I'm glad to glad you're having me here and or and so uh, so yeah. If you if you need some help or or if you want some help, let me know.
0: Uh, sounds like a plan to me. All right. Well, from all of us here, I'm Rob, and that over there is Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to cut that, make that faster, so it's like, ba-bam, right there away. There you go,
1: yeah. And someday I'll remember this There idea. you
0: go. And then, ready, here we go. Say it after me, not with me. Okay? And remember, okay. from all of us here at Banth Milk Podcast, we have spoken. We have spoken. <laughs>